This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum, the Scandinavian Tobacco Group, Lane Limited, and the CountrySquireOnline.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Lady. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you, sir. How are you doing? Tonight? You know, I'm doing well. I'm loving this time change thing. Like, I, I don't understand why, you know, we have to go through this thing where, like, you get off work late at night in the wintertime and it's dark outside. Right. Like, man, we're doing Country Squire Radio uh, live here at the shop and man it's light outside it feels I good yeah I, I, it, it's great it felt weird to actually drive up and have the uh, the shop being empty and it was like oh okay y'all because y'all are already closed yeah we're, it's, we're actually closed yeah man. But, uh, but man yeah in, enjoying daylight savings time uh, it kind of opens up the evening for more pipe time on the front porch and uh that's a good way to look at yeah it. yeah it's been been great how are you doing man man i'm doing all right uh you know it's been a uh, busy day for whatever reason oh i know exactly the reason so last week uh my children uh, or at least one of my children was on spring break, which we we talked about last week and how that was. Kind oh of yeah, a, that's a thing that people do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of it was kind of wild, but um, it, it it was a lot of fun. I took the opportunity for a lot of good uh, daddy daughter bonding time, and okay. so uh, we we you know we went fishing. We also I took her to the natural uh, Mississippi natural Museum. natural science museum, dude. Yeah. Do you know? I posted a picture of this on Twitter. Do you know they've got a two headed snake? Like. Like alive? No, it's alive. It's a two-headed snake. That's terrifying. Oh, it is terrifying. It is. <laughs> it is the most evil-looking creature I've ever seen in my life. And it was. It was all coiled up. They have like an aquarium, and you go down to the aquarium. And it's so cool. I, I, I'd forgotten there was an aquarium down there. Like now, I just kind of want to go and just hang out in the aquarium. A snake with one head, though, is bad enough. But I mean, is it? Is it by itself? It or? was two heads. Yeah. So it, it was in this little container in the middle of it, and and um, you walk by and you think, oh, that's a weird thing to put in here—a statue of. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's moving. Right. Oh, it's moving towards me. You know, and you freak <laughs> out. It, it was is crazy. Is it? I mean, you, you have to think like which brain works for the snake. You know what I mean? Like, like I know. Like, does the snake try to pull in two different directions? Well, it's, sometimes it's a or conjoined like, twin type deal, right? Yeah, I guess so. So they just they figure out a way to cooperate and then just kind of you know go eat mice or whatever. I, I but then <laughs> is it two digestive systems? I don't know. I look. I posted a Twitter on my on my or I posted a picture on Twitter at the real Bo York. If you want to see the creepiest thing you've ever seen in your life, I'm no scientist, but that doesn't seem very accurate, very right. Well, it whatever. was it was interesting because it happened i saw it on the morning of saint patrick's day and i figure like if you're going to run into like creepy snake situation saint patrick's day is the uh, day to do it oh that's right because he's the guy that got rid of the snake yeah that's yeah. right that, he, that is he uh, drove them out that's right that's right hey uh happy belated state saint patrick's day to happy you. belated saint patty's day um you yeah. went uh shooting skeet uh i did i did i celebrated saint patty's day by uh, skeet shooting <laughs> in Man. rural mississippi yeah it was fun i hadn't done that in a long long time but uh, yeah, it was a good time. You know, Jackson, uh, it's oddly enough, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you may know, like, we have this, uh, you know, oddly enough, a, a really big St. Patty's Day parade here in Jackson, Mississippi. And so it's one of those things that I think this side of the Mississippi River, it's one of the largest. No, uh, in, in the, the country, country or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. It's, right, maybe after New York and Chicago or something well, like that. Yeah, but, them, yeah. but yeah, we we do a really big St. Patty's Day parade here. It's kind of funny, and um, yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, it's just kind of a big event here in Jackson, and uh, everyone was really festive, and uh, yeah, it's always a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. So I actually went down because the studio, Pottery Studios, is located one block away from the parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I worked from the studio that day. Sort of worked. I was watching Daredevil and working, <laughs> and working while watching Daredevil and watching all the people uh, go to and from the parade. So it was a lot of fun. 
But um, well, good stuff, man. Okay, well, hey, we've got uh, some some things on the horizon. Yeah, we have absolutely. To talk about here. Uh, you know, we've mentioned it last couple of episodes. Look, we're going to be in Chicago here Ow! this year at the Chicago Pipe Show. We're so excited about this. Now we've talked about it already, but uh, April thirtieth and May first. That's right. If you if you've never gone to a pipe show, uh, this would be such a great one to go to because Chicago really is like the largest pipe show that's out there. That's right. And uh, and so this will be an amazing experience. It'll be our first time. We hope to get a chance to meet uh, many of you during the pipe show and, and maybe even before and after we'll have some kind of meetup for sure we'll get as we get closer we'll definitely uh, lock in the details there but uh, yeah we yeah. will we will be at the chicago We're pipe show so excited man it's going to be a really fun opportunity we'll release more details as as, a, as we get nearer but uh you know it's the granddaddy of them all kind of yep. like they talk about the rose bowl you know it's the it's the it's the it's the big one I it's mean, the rose it, bowl of the bowl of the pipe it's world. the rose rose bowl of the pipe world yeah it just is so um man we've uh you know never been and i think it'll be a really eye-opening experience for both of us I'm, but i'm, I'm Imagining like parade floats like covered in pipes like the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And actually, if you've ever seen that Nording pipe made of Nording pipes. Yeah, which is incredible. Which I believe is actually yeah. there, right? Don't they typically I, they, bring it to Chicago? I, I imagine it will be. Yeah. If it would be anywhere, I think it would be there. I want to get, but, I cannot wait to get my picture yeah. with it. I, I, I want to get my picture with that. And I want to, you know, if we're going to carry on the parade theme, I'd just love to see Brian Levine covered in roses. Oh, yes, C- sir. Could we make that happen? We got to make that Maybe happen. like a wreath around him with like, <laughs> you know, like a. We could break into know. his room while he's asleep and just. <laughs> <laughs> this could get ugly really quick. <laughs> Be careful with that. Uh, man, look, whenever uh, whenever we go on the road, we love to uh, connect with you guys. You know, I travel from time to time and I try to do some meetups uh, around this wonderful country. But I'm excited yeah. to actually say we could potentially do a meetup not in this country. What are you talking about? I'm going to London. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, I'm going to London. Where are you going to London? Yeah, and uh, I'm going to London in uh, June. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, the week leading no up to June 18th and 19th that yeah. weekend, I'm actually going to be a panelist at uh, New Media Europe. Dude, that is so great. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm man. really excited about it. So it should be a lot of fun. That is exciting, yeah. Uh, and so Christina, you know, my wife decided, you know, if you go just for the weekend, then you're really almost kind of wasting your trip because it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah. You go over there, do your little work stuff, and then you're like, "No, nah, we're we're gonna do this upright." Exactly. So we'll I'll, I'll be there for almost an entire week. Have you been before? I've never been so, before. Wow. Have you been overseas before? I've been to Italy. Okay. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that trip. And uh, yeah. but that's that's it. So I've I've always wanted to go to London. I've even said that Man. specifically on the podcast. And so. Um, as we were looking at uh, different uh, opportunities and, and expos, uh, it was not even on the horizon, but they reached out a couple weeks ago, and we've been back and forth a couple times, and uh, yeah. Man, such a great opportunity. Uh, I'm you know, really excited about it. Uh, and so much pipe history there. You know, there's such a such an incredible school of, you know, British pipe making that is kind of centered there in London. So, uh, man, I you know, hopefully some people will, like, call right in or whatever and kind of give you some feedback on places to go and that type of thing yeah if, uh, you may not have lots of time honestly when you're over no there, but, i will i'll, uh, I'll, I'll but, actually have some good time leading up to the actual uh, event so uh hopefully uh, what i'd like to do is if you're in the uk uh if you're a listener in the uk reach out let me know uh let's meet up let's go have a pint and a pipe and uh and yeah let's connect i think that'd be amazing man that's so cool that is so cool foggy london town it'll be great man mm. I'm so stoked about it, <laughs> uh, man. We, speaking of being stoked, uh, I've got a we've got an awesome topic this week. We really do. I'm I'm pretty excited about this. So, um, you know, from time to time, we we talk about uh, pipes and pipe tobacco. If you've listened to this podcast for any stretch of uh, time, you're you're aware that 
uh, that is a traditional subject matter that is covered uh, here. Pipes and pipe tobacco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, time yeah. Time. They, we, it comes up occasionally. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we like to do is we like to look at uh, various tobaccos, various tobacco pairings. We like to look at the culture that surrounds it. We like to look at famous pipe smokers. Yeah. But we also like to take the time to educate ourselves as well as you guys about various styles of pipe yeah. and shapes of pipe. That's right. Uh, and one of the ones that has been requested before and uh, finally, after many doves have <laughs> cried, it makes its appearance on this particular episode. That's right. We're talking about the pipe formerly known as Prince. As Prince. That's right. <laughs> like that? How's that? We had so much fun with that. Yeah. Man, it, it's such a such a wonderful shape and uh, one of those that... Uh, it, I guess you'd call it a cult following that print shaped mm. pipe. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those that I think people that don't like it really don't like it, but there's a lot of folks that just really, really love this shape. And, um, it's, uh, it's extremely satisfying to smoke. I'm smoking my Savinelli, uh, Punta Oro prints right now. Uh, just a really old fashioned pipe with a real nice ebonite stem. But, um, yeah, dude, I, you know, thought we'd kind of chime in and see, uh, just, just check in on the origins of the prints. Okay, so prints does refer to the shape. That's right. That's right. It's and, a print sh- right. Well, and, and when, when we say shape, it, that refers to both the stem and the bowl? Yeah. Okay. T- typically, you know, you've got, uh, bowls that, you know, and that's a good point, Bo. You'll have like a billiard pipe that is like a bent billiard or a straight billiard or, you know, even a bent or straight bulldog or Rhodesian. But with a prints, typically, you know, the prints is almost, almost always a straight pipe, uh, with just a little, little curve in it. Sometimes you'll find a truly, a, a truly straight, uh, prince pipe, but most of the time you're going to see just that little, little curve right there at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's very elegant. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a very elegant shape and that kind of, uh, is, you know, part of the origin of this thing. Um, you know, we talk a lot on our show about our friend Greg Peace over at GLP oh, yeah, Tobaccos absolutely. and, um, Greg, good friend of the show, um, good friend of the shop and, um, he's one of those people is just an incredible wealth of information out there with uh, pipe uh, smoking tobaccos, but but also pipes as well. And um, he uh, kind of has a lot of a lot of really detailed stuff on all the different shapes, which I always like to refer people to if they're newer at pipe smoking and just want kind of a primer on this. But uh, he describes the prints as a kind of a flattened. Uh, squished apple, something that, uh, you know, it's an apple shape, but kind of, kind of flattened down a little bit. Um, typically the shank is going to be kind of thin on this pipe. Um, and then it's got, uh, once again, kind of that straight stem with just a slight bend to it. Um, which just gives it just a real nice elegance. Interesting. Cause a squashed apple, you know, typically I, I, tend to personally associate apples with much larger bowls yeah, than yeah. the one that you have currently in your hand. That's right. Now, they do come in a variety of sizes. Like, this Prince is uh, a relatively small pipe, but, you know, Savinelli used to make uh, Princes that were smaller. I think now most of their pipes are going to be kind of in that KS size if it's a Prince. I think it's a 315 shape, hmm. maybe, but it's uh, it's that shape where, you know, it's going to be kind of a chunkier bowl now. So, uh, but it's just a real uh, kind of nice streamlined pipe. Um, this shape... Uh, interestingly enough, uh, was Mrs. Reeves' favorite shape. Mrs. Reeves, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jim Reeves, who founded the shop, uh, 46 years ago now. Uh, man, he passed away years ago and she, you know, as you know, kind of carried the shop on for years after that. And, uh, and this was her favorite shape. So anytime mm. she would order pipes, she would always throw a prince in. Uh, <laughs> and so there was just always a, always a prince on the, on the shelf. But, um, yeah, the, I think the most interesting thing about a prince shape is why it's called the prince. Why, why is this pipe formally called 
called Prince. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> one, one imagines it's not the uh, the pop artist, that it actually has some more uh, regal origins than that. That's, ex- that's exactly right. <laughs> um, this pipe was actually named uh, for and designed for uh, Edward Windsor. Now, if you haven't heard that name, uh, that is because you may or may not uh, have heard of this title in Britain, which you're going to be going to soon, uh, called the Prince of Wales. And, uh, and okay, yeah. Edward Windsor uh, was the Prince of Wales. This was uh, back in the 20s and 30s. Um, and as a prince, he was kind of a uh, the young, uh, dashing, avant-garde ladies' man that kind of set the tone for uh, you know, style in, in that era Britain. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Um, you know, and, and eventually he went on to be, uh, Edward VIII, which, which we'll, uh, talk about later. But, um, you know, this pipe is a, um, to, to understand the shape of the pipe, you kind of have to understand, uh, you know, the, the Prince of Wales himself. Uh, this was a person, um, he was a man about town, kind of that playboy type. And, uh, the press at the time actually referred to him as, quote, the arbiter of men's fashion. A fearless horseman, tireless dancer, idol of bachelors, and dream of spinsters. <laughs> sounds like. Did you a, just point uh, to me? It sounds like an early John David Cole. I'm just saying. I, you know. <laughs> yes, but a lot more refined. <laughs> As in you or he? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those shapes that uh, just kind of. Uh, screams elegance and uh it's not particularly practical it's uh it's one of those shapes that uh you know you're kind of focused on the aesthetic of it you're not gonna uh be working while you use this pipe this is definitely a kind of a social pipe something that you'll be uh sitting down lounging with relaxing um and uh you know the the focus on this shape is definitely gonna be the style and the Mm. grain Mm -hmm. so uh, as our friend greg goes on he says uh the prince is a sophisticated uh, and graceful pipe uh, reflecting both Edward's impeccable sense of style and the elegance of the period. So just kind of think of that late Edwardian pre-World War II kind of uh, genteel era where, um, you know, we, we hadn't lost, uh, you know, a lot of that magic surrounding kind of the, you know, regalness of uh, society and all that kind of stuff. So, so Downton Abbey. Yeah. I mean, basically. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so the the pipe shop uh, that design or the pipe company that designed this pipe for the Prince of Wales, it's uh, named Lowe's. It's one of those really uh, old school brands that uh, doesn't, it, to my knowledge, doesn't exist anymore. There might be some incarnation somewhere, but um, you'd probably kind of put it along the lines of a you know GBD or a, a BBB or one of those old school pipe brands. It's like a, a British briar pipe maker that uh, was an early. Uh, you know, one of the early briar pipe makers in England. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, designed especially for the Prince. And it, the shape is just, like I said, really elegant. I, I, I love my Prince pipes. And I think the reason I like them so much is because uh, since they are straight and the bowl is particularly kind of squished down a little bit, uh, this makes an excellent flake pipe. It's a, it's one of my favorite flake pipes to smoke. And the reason why there's this magic that happens when you light a piece of flake tobacco. Sure. And when you light a piece of flake tobacco, the, the, uh, the flakes that have been so, uh, harshly pressed together, uh, when you, when you put that fire to them kind of, uh, are liberated from their pressure and they expand. Right. And so yeah. when you're, when you're lighting flake tobacco, if you do it very gently and very slowly with a match, you can see these flakes start to bulge out of the top of your <laughs> pipe. And, and, and the Prince pipe is such a good smoker for that because you can sit here as you're puffing it, getting your pipe lit and stoked up. You're, you're looking at this volcano of 
tobacco that is erupting <laughs> from your pipe and it's just right there in your face you can see it so perfectly and uh it, and it just accentuates kind of the the novelty of that which i which i really appreciate so um it's right there real visible to see so you can kind of see in the bowl easily and just check the status of your uh of your bowl and everything like that but it, it's a it's a very fun shape to smoke it's one of those that uh you know as you're holding it you kind of have a sense of uh, maybe authority or maybe a sense of uh, whimsy or like, I, I don't know, just uh, it, it's good to talk with it in your hand. Yeah, no, I'll say know, it that way. As you were, as you were talking you about it that? being yeah. uh, you said a social pipe. Yeah. And I never, I've never even considered the fact that, that there's kind of social pipes, there's study pipes, there's working pipes. And that's true. That's right. Um, but as you were, as you're talking about it, it almost seemed like, I don't know. You seemed more confident. You seemed like you had more authority about what you were saying. It was just, you know, I, I can definitely. Really, really, when I smoke my Prince pipe, I'm a better person. Well, I'm, know, I'm really just a better person. I don't know about that, but you, you certainly come across as if you know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, if I, if I, uh, walked a baby in a stroller, uh, had my puppy dog with me and smoke my Prince pipe, there's probably at that point no reason I would be single at that point. Don't you think? I, I, I think, um, <laughs> I think if Maybe you were I need walking to smoke around. this thing more often, <laughs> I don't know. So the Prince of, of Wales, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to me. I think about like you know, the, obviously you mentioned, of course, he's a he was a trendsetter. Right? That's right. He was somebody right. who was out there kind of uh, establishing what the, the look of the day should be. Yeah. Um. But but so wild, and I mean, I guess it's true of almost every single pipe that's out there is that somebody either carved it themselves or essentially commissioned it commissioned it or it was designed maybe particularly for something yeah yeah and 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 you've got pipes also that you know are made from a functional standpoint too Oh, Uh, you know uh, uh, just something that comes to mind anything that uh you know has a uh, you know flat bottom on it will tend to sit and some people like that for uh whatever reason but um but yeah you've you've got a shape that i think was inspired by someone and and then made uh, for them and, uh, and, and kind of became a classic in a very short amount of time. So, yeah. uh, it's really cool. The, the Edward's story goes on. The Prince of Wales, uh, and, uh, you know, his, 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 his pipe is not the only legacy he left. <laughs> <He's> a, <laughs> he, I, I just love his story because he's such an interesting, uh, character. But, um, if you're familiar with British history at all, and I, this was, you know, I, I was a history major in college, and that gives me absolutely nothing other than, <laughs> you know, I have the ability to pretend like I occasionally know some things about the past. It's but, fine. You're holding your prince um, pipe. We're all going to believe you. Yeah. You all believe me because yeah. I'm sitting here holding this prince. Right. Uh, but <laughs> it, uh, it, my focus in it was British history, which was a lot of fun, you know, and, and, you know, you just hear about and learn about all these, uh, you know, regal, uh, incredibly significant things of the past that, you know, defined western civilization all these things but uh one of the fascinating things about edward um he's a prince of wales and his father died this was 1936 uh, and he ascended to the throne to become the king of england um and so you know he was the firstborn son uh there were either two or three sons i think there were three there might have even been four i can't remember what was was, his last name uh well you know when when you're when you're british royalty you don't you really don't have a last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the, they're from the House of Windsor. Cause the, okay, because the patriarch yeah. of the House of York was also named Edward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was Edward the Eighth. Okay. So yeah, when gotcha. this person came through, he was he was Edward the Eighth. But um, so he he ascends to the throne of uh, Great Britain in 1936, and um, oddly enough, falls in love. He was single, and and, and he falls in love with an American socialite uh, divorcee. And so, uh, and, and so, you know, here you've got this, I mean, think about who we've been talking about now, this very mm-hmm. stylish kind of, 
avant-garde, you know, he's always kind of the talk of the town and he's the, you know, what do we call him? The, uh, you know, envy of all the bachelors and the, you know, dream of the spinsters and <laughs> the all this dream kind of, of stuff. the spinsters. <laughs> Everyone desires to be that. I mean, that's you know? a title right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, th- this, uh, this guy is now king and he falls in love with this, um, number one, an American who, you know, <laughs> you're, you're the British king and you fall in love with an American and, dare and, and also at the time a, a divorced person. And so, you know, the, the king of England is, I, if I'm still correct, is the uh, governor and supreme leader of the Church of England, and they can't be divorced. And so even though that church was kind of founded on that. <laughs> yeah, that was a whole Church of England thing, right? Right, right. Uh, well, in all a, fairness, as an Anglican, I can say that. In so. all fairness, actually, yeah, you're right. That was the standard. Like, you can't divorce her. You can murder her. Right. That's fine. <laughs> Go ahead and kill her. Uh, too soon. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> It's like 800 years ago. I'm Henry VIII, I am, I am. Yeah, don't please Sorry. quit singing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, so Edward, you know, he's Edward VIII now, and he's in love with this American, uh, you know, divorcee. And, and he decides he is actually going to uh, abdicate the throne. He yeah. wants to marry this woman so badly he's going to abdicate the throne. And so he, he did that. He actually resigned, essentially, being the king of England. And uh, and passed uh, the the baton then passed to his younger brother, uh, who became George the sixth. And uh, if you've seen the movie uh, The, the King's, King's Speech, Speech, that George that's how George the sixth became king. Right, was that his older kind of playboy brother uh, quit being king so he could go marry a woman? And yeah. so and 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 so without that, uh, you know, you wouldn't have George the sixth, and therefore the current British monarch Elizabeth the second would never have uh, never have become queen. Now, as I recall, the movie, and I mean. The movie took some some creative license uh, throughout the story. Anyway, yeah, but, sure, they all do. But but one of the things I recall is the movie kind of established it more more of yes, he was in love with her, but it was also like he didn't want the pressure of everything that was going on at the time. Yeah, and so maybe it was, so. It was more of like, oh, this is a this is a way out in which you know, yeah, like, there's a story. It's a love story. This is a beautiful thing that I'm giving up. I'm shirking this responsibility. <laughs> so you know what, younger, more responsible brother, you take it. Yeah, who can't who can't speak? <laughs> right. So right. he he had a king's speech. <laughs> what a terrible impression. He was actually taught. I do remember this. the The guy that played the guy that taught him yeah. how to speak. Yeah. is actually um oh gosh uh Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that the same guy? Same guy. Wow, dude is a chameleon. That's going back. Yeah, yeah. really. That, yeah. That's a pretty broad uh, spectrum there. It's fantastic. Yeah. Interesting. So that's anyway, fascinating. Uh, that's fascinating the guy backstory. that developed, or at least uh, inspired uh, the prince. It inspired the prince shape pipe. That's exactly wow. Right. So, and that is why the pipe is formally known as Prince. As prince. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's slightly misleading, right? Because technically, it is. It's it's currently known as Prince as well. But yeah, it's not formerly known. It's formally known. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see yeah. what I did there? I do see what you did there. Yeah. Help me with the grammar when it comes time for show notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Well, man, what a legendary story right there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I like legends. You do like legends. I also like legend pipes. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. We got a pipe sponsor in this episode. Talk about the legend pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. That's exactly right. Man, gorgeous pipe. You know, we actually uh, mentioned it last episode. It's a uh, it's one of these kind of medium-sized bowls. A little bit. Actually, would you say it's actually one of the larger bowls? It's. I would say medium to large. It's like a... It's like a large medium. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good size bowl for a good yeah. size smoke. And it's a great, great, uh, quality pipe from the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. You know, actually it's, it's wonderful because every single episode, whenever we mention a, a pipe from Missouri Meerschaum, uh, folks have been kind enough to post pictures of their pipes, you know, 
Missouri Meerschaum is, I mean, it's a household name. People know Missouri Meerschaum. Absolutely. And it's so interesting to take a look and take a moment and actually look at the, the various pipe designs that they themselves have also come up with on their own. You know, we talk about this episode and the history behind something like The Prince, but Missouri Meerschaum is cranking out pipes and styles that are very uniquely modern. Uniquely modern and, and uniquely uh Missouri Meerschaum. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, if you got a, if you got a legend pipe, uh, be sure to take a selfie, uh, bust it out this week, smoke it, and uh, send in a photo of you and your legend pipe, uh, and we will be sure to retweet that out on Twitter. We do. We love Missouri Meerschaum pipes here at the Country Squire, and we highly recommend the legend, which I think is our best-selling uh, corn cob pipe at this time. I'll believe it. Yep. Pipe, pipe question, question of the, the week. Pipe question of the week this week is written in by listener Jay, who asks, to me, a lot of the appeal of pipe tobacco is that it's natural and hasn't been bathed in a thousand extra chemicals mm. and crud mm. like cigarettes. Yeah. But I realize I'm just assuming that. Do you know if it's true? And if it is, is it true in general for pipe tobacco? Yeah. Gr- great question. Mm. And, you know, again, uh, you've got naysayers out there that kind of lump tobacco all into one group. But, you know, at the Squire and... Uh, general pipe enthusiasts, uh, you know, on average are going to tell you that, yeah, pipe tobacco is much, uh, more natural and much cleaner than, than anything else on the market. Uh, because it's just so, uh, it, in general, it's, it's just a plant. You know, this is just a plant that you've shredded up and, uh, you know, blended with, uh, different other plants to kind of make your own concoction. And, uh, and so that, that's exactly right. Uh, tobacco by nature, uh, does have nicotine in it. Nicotine is, uh, you know, uh, a, a part of the actual, you know, plant. It's a biological, you know, function there. Uh, so that's not an additive. A lot of people say like, well, they put all that nicotine in it. Well, no, that's just part of, part of, uh, tobacco. But, you know, what, what a lot of cigarette makers do is they add other things as well that, that really do, um, you know, tend to get you more, uh, that, that, the deep, intense craving that you have for a cigarette, uh, typically isn't seen in the pipe smoker because of that. So, um, you know, it, you, you will, in flavored tobaccos, um, you will have, uh, natural extracts that are used to make these syrups that go into casing the pipe tobacco. Um, and as so, you would expect, you know, as you would expect. And so you've got these, uh, big, uh, you know, if, if you go to a tobacco, you know, factory, you've got these big bins where they, uh, had these, uh, jets and things where they, you know, kind of, uh, toss this tobacco in with this, uh, you know, with these, uh, uh kind of syrups that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then flavor this stuff really good. Um, sometimes on aromatic tobacco, uh, you will see a, a, um, substance called propylene glycol. Uh, propylene glycol is a, uh, it's actually a natural product. It's used in a variety of things, but it, it, it helps keep, uh, some of the tobacco moist sometimes. So, on aromatics that are like extremely moist, uh, and, and you might, uh, experience that on some of your lower end aromatics, uh, you're gonna, you know, occasionally bump into some of that propylene glycol. But even then, um, you know, the medical and scientific community hasn't seen any reason to be, you know, fearful of that because it's used in other food products and things like that. So, um, you know, on, on the whole, almost all tobacco products that, you know, are pipe centered are gonna be, uh, you know, just natural. Yeah. Well, what about the glue close and high fructose corn syrup? Oh, we, yeah. The more high, high fructose we can have, the better. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think there's any high fructose in, uh, in, in, in pipe tobacco. I guess it depends on what it's flavored with. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That'd be a good question. I don't know. I, I you know, to er, everything I've seen and experienced personally uh, is that most of the ingredients come from natural flavors. Um, you know, that occasionally on a uh, super super moist, uh, you know, uh, aromatic tobacco, you might have um, uh, some propylene glycol there just to you know kind of help keep it fresh but gotcha. um but other than that you're um you're smoking a smoking a straight plant jay i would also encourage you to check out an episode we did called separating the stigma yeah which which goes into yeah that was good uh, breaking apart uh, cigars pipe tobacco and cigarettes and uh the various uh histories of all three and and just the stigma that sometimes goes along with them as a grouping and maybe shouldn't so be sure to check that one out yeah Man, great question, Jay. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, send it in, csr at pottistery.com. Quick fire with the squire. All right, man, quick fire question. Bring them. Okay, this is a versus. You know, we've got coming up this, uh, this weekend is the Batman versus Superman movie. Oh, is that a... That's a thing. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that... Yep. Wow. Is that going to be like, is one of them good and one of them's bad? I mean, or how does that going to work out? It's, yeah, I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'm sure that the evil forces of Lex Luthor and, and his cohorts have, uh, have, you know, done such machinations that have put them in each other's, uh, <laughs> I, who cares, man? It's Batman versus Superman. Have it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, at that point, it's like, well, superheroes and explosions and whatever. I mean, that, yeah, it sounds, sounds great. Look, with, with Batman versus Superman <laughs> and then also Marvel Civil War going on, it's very much a hero versus hero kind of year. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we've got, uh, heroes and some villains, I suppose, that are kind of going up against it here. Okay. Sweet. All right. Ready? Bring it. Luigi versus Tails. And do you need me to oh, explain? Oh wow! Who they are? No, I know who both those people okay, great, great. are. Okay, uh, great. Yeah, so we're kind of talking about the maybe like the second fiddle to Mario and Sonic. I think Sidekick is, might is be a little a, bit side, nicer. Sidekick, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. but yeah. Um, I, <laughs> second ooh, fiddle, man. I, I think I got to go with Luigi. Uh, Tails can fly, so I'm going to go with Tails. Now, Luigi's obviously yeah, much but Luigi's older. a plumber. <laughs> Yeah, that's so great against a flying fox. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with Tails. Okay, there. you might be onto something. Flying mutant fox. <laughs> uh, Stewie Griffin versus Bart Simpson. Uh, I have to go with Stewart. I mean, Stewie would just literally kill him, right? I no, literally. I think he, you know, of course he's maniacal and wants to take out the human race anyway. But uh, yeah, I have to go with Stewie Griffin. Yeah, I mean, Bart of course has the staying power. He's been on television much longer, but he's just kind of an annoying, bratty kid. Whereas Stewie Stewie Griffin is uh, a Stuart Gilligan Griffin is actually a uh, he's a genius. He's invented time travel, mind control. <laughs> um, you know, hey, Bo, you 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 working on that novel? He's you working on that? You're doing, you're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it to Stewie as well. Uh, the Fonz versus Zach Morris. I, I, I'm gonna go with Zach Morris on this. I, you know, I, I think, I think those memories of him pulling out that gigantic cell phone. Uh, and, and, and kind of being in the nineties, which was our decade. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have to, I have to go with him. He was kind of our Fonz, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, because they both yeah. kind of the epitome epitome of cool. Yeah. Um, both during their era. Yeah, both uh, yeah. television characters with a uh, cult following. Um, both super uh, powered individuals. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have to go with Zach Moore. As you recall, uh, the Fonz, his uh, super ability was he could snap his fingers and, and, and all the women in his vicinity would approach <laughs> upon him. He could also knock the, uh, uh, any, any basically any machine, just punch it and it starts working and for him. And it would him. just start working, yeah. Uh, whereas Zach Morris had the ability of time travel. 
Or not time travel, but he could stop time. He could stop time. That's right. Yeah. No, I'd forgotten that. No, and actually, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> this last Ooh, past week. That could week, be really handy. I actually was watching Saved by the Bell, and I never really watched Saved by the Bell, but I was watching an episode in which he literally stopped time, yeah. grabbed a piece of paper, put it in between two people who were about to kiss to make sure they wouldn't <laughs> kiss, and then also arranged it so that somebody who was about to punch him ends up punching somebody else. And so it's not just wow. a, it's not just a storytelling device. Yeah. He literally has the ability to stop time and affect individuals so that when he restarts time, it all goes the way that he wants to. That's amazing. I'm giving it to Zach. Morris. Yeah. I, 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 wanna, <laughs> I, I don't remember that. I kind of want to go back and see that episode, but yeah. that's, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think that's plenty of reason. I think, I think he's, uh, he should have been an X-Men. That's really what it should have been. <laughs> Iron Man versus Captain America. Uh, the movie version specifically. Which well, you've never seen the movies. I yeah, I, I'm gonna go with uh Captain America because he wears uh more spandex. Uh yeah, no, Iron Man quite literally does not wear spandex, he wears right. iron. Right. Uh <laughs> as the name would imply. Right. Um uh you know it's interesting. So the uh And and just America too. The if 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 you're following <laughs> hates me so bad. If you're following the films at all, um, I think I think they're going to tell the the Civil War story in a really interesting way. That yeah, I think you're right. The the original comic book story, the idea was that uh, Iron Man saw that they needed a little bit more oversight. There needed to be more accountability in the superhero community after a, a tragedy occurred in which superheroes were responsible for a school getting blown up in the midst of a battle. Okay, and so he's like, look, we need more training. We need accountability. You know, cops have to. You know, they they have to carry a badge. We need to carry a badge too. And uh, Captain America's like, look, I'm not going to do that if that means we have to lock up people who are trying to do good yeah. on their own and, and want to protect their secret identities. So they had this, uh, you know, a, a, a theological, or not a theological, but a philo- philosophical debate right. in the midst of, you know, the superhero action. Uh, the movie's probably going to be slightly different, but, um, you know, I always thought that uh, Iron Man made some good points. Plus, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of awesome. He's pretty He's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to Iron Man. Okay. And right. I feel bad for him. If you see the trailer where Captain America and Winter Soldier yeah. are like pounding on him, yeah. it breaks my heart, man. He's like, he's like, he's my friend. He's like, so is I. Like, he's like, you're wrong, Captain America. <laughs> you're wrong. Tony Stark was your friend, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is Mega Man an option? All right, here's, here's the grand finale. You ready? <laughs> yeah, bring it. Batman versus Superman. Batman. Really? Yeah, Batman. Really? You were going to choose Batman? You who know nothing other than the fact that Superman... What do you know about Superman? Uh, That he can jump over buildings and is faster than a speeding bullet. And what do you know about Batman? He has cooler toys. Okay. The, the thing is, Batman uh, just seems more real to me. Like, Superman just kind of has this, like, uh, slick, everything's perfect, like, kind of vanilla... Uh, Patina, you know, and, and like with with Batman, he just kind of seems like sometimes he gets just kind of kind of angry, and like you know, I could see Batman having a bad day easier than I could see. <laughs> right, that's that's a good point. Yeah, um, you know, I was gonna just go choose whoever you didn't choose. I'm yeah. just surprised that you choose that you chose Batman. <laughs> um, so I'll, after I just chose Captain America, who was uh, and, and I chose Captain America because he uh, a spandex. uses more spandex. Yeah, right. yeah, there you should definitely go with Superman. But now I'll, I'll go Superman. I can make an argument for either one, honestly. So it, I'm I, I'm one of those people that wait to let everybody else choose, and then I choose the one that is kind of the the underdog in the conversation so that I can <laughs> tweak it. Cause I can make an argument either way. No, that's good. That's, that's good. good. I, I, I want to uh, mention that our friend Russ Hicks, he uh, tweets in, we all know Batman versus Superman is really all about Wonder Woman. And, uh, and that, that's fair. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm stoked to see, uh, to see Wonder Woman and actually some of the rumors, I don't want to spoil anything. 
But uh, but I'm about to. Well, no, I just I've, <laughs> I, from one review that I read, perhaps we're actually going to see a ton more in the uh, in the final uh, final throwdown. So yeah, that's all I'll say about that. All right, man. Good quick fire questions. Yeah, those were great. Send in some quick fire questions to us, CSR at potisteri.com. And hey, man, before we jump into listener feedback, let's talk about the uh, pipe tobacco that's sponsoring this episode. Man. We got a new one. We do. We Peter do. Stokeby Luxury Bullseye Flake. Man, it's such a delicious tobacco. And it's one of those that, um, you know, it, it's in every Virginia, Virginia Perique smoker's uh, rotation is always uh, Stokeby Bullseye, Luxury Bullseye Flake. And uh, it, it's just kind of ubiquitous in the pipe industry. It's one of those that, it, it's easy to find. It's uh, super smooth, um, and it's a lot of fun to smoke. It's a lot of fun to smoke. Yeah. So you've actually you've got some right here. I, I want to take a look at I it. I do. Because... Yeah. Why don't we take a look? I'll open this mason jar that I've had kind of stacked with it. Man, look at that. Um, do you mind if I take one of those? Yeah, not a bit. Oh man, not a bit. So of course, bullseye would imply that there is a bullseye type design. Of course, it is that pepperoni uh, roll style. I yeah, think is what you call it. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a medallion. And imagine what they've done here is they've taken like a a rod of black Cavendish. It's unflavored. They put this in the center of it, and then they twist the Virginia tobaccos uh, with the Perique uh, real tightly around this, and it, and and then of course slice it into these medallions. And so what you've got is just this uh, really, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, that is luxurious. That's a a luxurious flake tobacco, and um, and 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 it provides just a real uh, cool, even smoke, and uh, one of those where. The, the Cavendish, uh, just kind of tempers some of the, uh, harshness perhaps of the, of the Virginias that are there. Man, and, beautiful. Uh, it's delicious. Beautiful blend of, uh, ripe Virginias and then also that, uh, Louisiana Perique. Yes. Pure Louisiana Perique. Aye! Aye! <laughs> so y'all check it out. And you know, we, uh, we posted out a picture, um, of last tobacco that we had sponsored an episode and I uh, will be doing the same. So be sure to check out on Facebook and then also, you know, I, I say do it. If you've got some, uh, some, uh, be Luxury Bullseye, be sure to take a picture of it yeah. before, specifically before you break it apart too, because it is such a, a cool looking. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those tobaccos. A lot of folks, when they get flake tobacco, they want to get it and, uh, and tear it all apart as they, are, uh, but you know, before as soon as they open their tin of it or their jar of it or whatever, this is sold in bulk, which we love. So you can just get tons of it, and <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so but but with the bullseye flake, it's just so beautiful. You really want to leave it in those medallions as long as you can, and, yeah, uh, and just kind of tear them apart as you use them. It's such a such a satisfying smoke. So anyway, highly recommended. We're glad uh, to have them sponsoring today's show. Your, your thoughts, thoughts, your, your comments. comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback this week. We got a YouTube comment from Doug who says, "Guys, you should uh, try Sil- some Silvavitz. Silvavitz plum brandy. The beverage of the Balkans seems a natural pairing for." Uh, a Balkan blend. Man, what a great idea. Wow. I've never even heard of that. I guess that's some kind of... Um, plum brandy. It's a plum brandy. Yeah. So it's one of their spirits. Yeah. That's, we'll have to, that's great. We'll have to ask our local spirit store if they've got it. And maybe uh, next time for a Squire Select. We, you know, we've never done brandy, but that would be great. Yeah. I now, love brandy. Now, you occasionally drink brandy. I do. Yeah, I see, do. I'm not, I'm not very familiar with brandy. I know... Uh, some of the port wines that you drink are, I think, fortified with brandy. Is that right? But I don't... Yeah, it sounds about right. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot about it. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Great suggestion, Doug. You want to take the next one? Am I up next? Okay. <laughs> Our next feedback comes from uh, Thomas Golden on Facebook. He says, "I've been enjoying getting to the, I've been enjoying getting to know this podcast. I'll maybe save my story for another day. So my 
say my own pilgrimage to Jackson, Mississippi. But what inspired me to write today was first to tell you how much I enjoy your show and then to remark on the fact that Bo and I wear our hats for almost the same reasons. <laughs> my cap yeah. has a story uh, as I bought it while on leave in London. Uh, at the same time, I purchased my first basket pipe. I wore my hat and smoked my pipe with pride, uh, feeling very British, uh, until a few years later, after running through the Minneapolis airport, I removed my cap to get the sweat off my brow and realized for the first time I had never looked at the tag in my cap. It said made in China. <laughs> Alas, the British fantasy was broken, but I kept wearing the cap because I loved the fit. Uh, love the newsies and I don't brush my hair. Amen. So, uh, yeah, man, great. Thanks for, for writing in. I think there's a lot of hat smokers that, uh, or hat, hat wearers that are pipe smokers. Hey, Thomas. Is yours too? Mine's made in China too. Uh, <laughs> I've never really looked. <laughs> but you know, we, I mean. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's like, great. Look, look, my big thing is it's got to be big enough to fit my head. But yeah, the big oh. the big connection, of course, a couple episodes ago, we talked about it, but uh, Newsies. No, that's great. I mean, yeah. it, instead of British, though, you can just kind of, you know, it pays homage to some of our Chinese listeners. Hey, so. it's a fine life carrying the banner. That's, that's what I'll say about that. <laughs> uh, we got Go No Pro, uh, or Go No Po on iTunes, who writes in saying, uh, top of my list, these gentlemen are a pleasure to hear each week. And I hope to meet them personally someday. Well, hey, go no po. We hope you do as well. Man, absolutely. Come do a come do a pilgrimage, or uh, maybe we'll see you at the Chicago Pipe Show or something like that. Absolutely, that's That'd great. Be great. Um, Public Piper on Twitter also tweeted in said, "Given the prince's interesting story, is there a similar story behind uh, the author shape?" You know, I'm not I'm not aware. We'll have familiar, to that, that might could, be a future. We episode could research right that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mark Van uh, Vrinken, uh Mark at, VV. Mark VV uh, uh, tweets in. He says, uh, if we do the Binks blood uh, <laughs> tobacco, would it be cased with uh, propylene glycol, Jar Jar's blood, and the tears of Gungans? Um, I, we, we can definitely get yeah, on I that. mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> right. Once I find my local apothecary that carries all these things, then we, uh, we'll, we'll get on that. I mean, you just, your apothecary <laughs> isn't an apothecary if it's not carrying the tears of Gungans. The tears of Gungans. <laughs> wonder what kind of mana that would give you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You went there. Wow. I did. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm impressed. That's good. Well, man, what a great, uh, great episode and a great topic. Look, we love getting feedback from you guys, both on the live show, on Twitter, uh, on these iTunes reviews, especially. That's such a great way to help out the show. So if you've not gotten a chance to write us an iTunes review, uh, head over to iTunes and do that. Um, you can also tune in for the show as well. You can watch live. We broadcast at countrysquireradio.com. That's every single Monday night at 6.30 p.m. Central. That's 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And of course, the uh, show's uh, Twitter handle is at Squire Radio. And hey, look, if you happen to be in the UK or you want to do the, the meetup in uh, in London, um, go ahead and reach out to me. Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. So at the real Bo York on Twitter, um, you know, Facebook is not a great way to get a hold of me. Uh, email is kind of hit or miss. <laughs> um, <laughs> even if you have my phone number, you might be out of luck. But in yeah. Twitter, typically I respond. So um, so yeah, hit me up and we'll, we'll, we'll throw something together. I think it'd be great. Man, I'm so jealous. Can I like stow away in your bag? I'm gonna go to Britain, man. Are you kidding me? It'll be That's after, awesome. it'll be after we spend all that time together in Chicago. So make, make the oh, decision no, I'll be, if I'll you be, want to. I'll be tired. You'll be sick of me. <laughs> It'd probably go both ways, bro. <laughs> Look, no, not at all, man. I, I love traveling with you. I'm looking forward to uh, man, Chicago. Me too. Me too. It's no. going to be a blast. I Like I mentioned before, I've never been to the Windy City, so uh, don't know how much time we'll have to look around and all that, But and I know the 
uh, the you know event that's kind of away from downtown. But uh, anyway, I hope we'll get to yeah, I think we'll make cool it stuff. out there. Yeah, I think we have to. It'd be great. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in, and hey, let's go have a night. See you, brother. listening to Country Squire Radio. For more information on this and other shows, please visit potisteri.com.